If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, let's turn to the Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Gospel of Luke, the 10th chapter. Now, while you're turning there, I want to kind of set this uh, sermon up just a little bit today. Because today is the third week of Advent. And our Advent season actually began two weeks ago. And uh, we talked about Christmas hope. And in that sermon, we learned that, that our hope is in the fact that our Savior has come. We also learned in that, that sermon that God showed us the reality of Christmas, and that is the fact that our Savior has come. The miracle of Christmas is also that our Savior has come. So, in, in fact, the entire message, when you're talking about Christmas, is focused on the fact that our Savior has come. Now, this is what I want you to think about. If, if Jesus had not come, we would not have any reason to celebrate Christmas. There, there would be no Christmas. There, there would be no celebration of Christmas. There, there would be no hope in Christmas whatsoever. Now, why do I say that? Because our hope lies in the fact that our Savior has come. Now, we, we, we talk a lot at Christmas time. We talk a lot about joy. And we talk a lot about happiness. But we find that joy and happiness are not the same thing. They're two different things. And God taught us that even the circumstances that we're living in right now, doesn't matter what those circumstances are, how good they might be, how bad they might be, whatever the circumstances are in our lives right now might be making us sad, but we can still have joy in our hearts because uh, when, when we look at, at the fact that Jesus, because he came, has brought Christmas joy, and that's God's gift of love to us. Now, on this particular third Sunday of Advent today, I want to speak a little bit about Christmas peace. And I want you to think about God speaking to our hearts about Christmas peace. The Apostle Paul explained it this way. Paul said that God's peace is a peace that surpasses all understanding. You find that in the fourth chapter of Philippians, by the way, verse 7 is where you found that. But we're going to take a few minutes today and we're going to talk about and look at the peace that is presented in God's Word. Now, I want to kind of ask you some things here because, you know, sometimes... Christmas can get kind of uh, kind of get a little difficult for some of us. Are the Christmas holidays the most peaceful time of year for you? A time when you finally 
get to experience some peace in your life. Is, is that Christmas? You know, we sang the song, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. Or the angels sang, Peace on Earth. Is that true for each one of us? Because, you know, a lot of us really don't sleep in heavenly peace. And during the Christmas season, we can't sleep. Why? Because our, our heavenly peace is, is replaced by earthly stress. You know, the, the pressure of finding that right gift at the right price. The pressure of having a perfect family get together when if your family's not mine, it ain't perfect whatsoever. <laughs> or the pressure of decorating just right and, and all the cooking and baking and traveling <laughs> and there's pressure to be happy and joyful. But what if you lost a loved one this time of year? And this time of year reminds you of that loved one. And, and you feel a little down. You feel a little depressed because they're not around. You, you miss that person this time of year. And, and you ask yourself, what's wrong with me? It's Christmas. I'm supposed to be happy. I'm supposed to be joyful. I'm supposed to be merry. But I'm not. Have you ever felt... That kind of stress during the Christmas season. What a pleasure it is to take a break from all of that and to find God's peace in His Word. So we're fixing to look at a very familiar story. And this is going to be really familiar to you because it hasn't been that long ago that I preached to you this sermon about Mary and Martha. And it teaches something about holiday stress and, and how there can be a, such a thing as peace on earth during the Christmas season. Have y'all found the 10th chapter of, of Luke? Amen. Amen. Now, when you get there, don't, don't, don't lose your place in Luke because we're going to, to look at some other scripture in, in Luke as well. In the 10th chapter, I want you to look in verse 38. Luke 10, verse 38. says, Now it came to pass as they went that he, Jesus, entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him in her house, or welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about, or distracted with much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, or tell her, therefore, that she help me. Now look what Jesus said. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled. That word careful is worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken 
away from her. Let me visit with you here today about Christmas peace. Now, the first question that I want to ask you whenever we read this little story that we just read, imagine if you was hosting Jesus in your house. What would you do? What all would you prepare if you knew Jesus was coming and going to stay in your house? You know, you think about that. How much work would you do to get ready? Well, here we see Martha and Mary were doing a lot of work. They wanted everything to be just right. If you had Jesus come into your house, you would want to dot every I and cross every T. And, and, you know, here they wanted everything to be just right because here this was the Savior of the world stopping by for a visit. So Jesus arrives, he sits down and he starts to talk, and that's when Mary stopped what she was doing and she sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha, on the other hand, was like the Energizer Bunny. She just kept going because there was a lot of stuff that still needed to be done, or so she thought. And then what does she do? She gets mad. She gets mad at her sister. And she goes, look at Mary, just sitting there doing nothing while I'm doing all the work. And that's when Jesus spoke those very famous words. What did he say? Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And he goes on to say, there's only one thing that is needful. Mary has chosen what is better. Literally, the Bible says, Mary has chosen the good part. And it will not be taken away from her. So you see, Mary stopped getting ready. She stopped preparing the food. She stopped trying to make everyone happy. And, and she chose the good part. What is the good part? The word of God. The word that Jesus was sharing with her. Can you hear Jesus sharing those words with you this morning? He knows how worried you can get. He knows how stressed you can get. There's so much to do. There's so much to get ready for. But yet Jesus comes to you and to me, and he reminds you and me to choose what? The good part of Christmas. Don't get so wrapped up in Christmas and, and all the family get together and all the goings on that you completely miss the good part. There's something more beautiful than all those decorations in the world, in the world more satisfying than the best Christmas dinner, more enjoyable than the perfect family get-together. There's something better. A whole lot better. After all the decorations are taken down, after all the food is put away, after all the family members have left and gone home, after all the Christmas music has stopped playing, and you wonder 
how it all came to an end so quickly, there is one part of Christmas that goes on forever. You know what that one part of Christmas is? Jesus Christ. Something that will not be taken away from you. And that is the Christ of Christmas. He come into this world. Think about this. He came into this world as an infant. God hiding in the body of a baby. He's here. He come, he's come why? He come because he loves you. He came because he loves me. He loves everyone else in the world. He comes because we have this problem of sin that we can't get rid of. And because of this sin, everyone we love eventually dies. And because of this sin, we all deserve to go to hell. And so God comes in the flesh on Christmas. Think about this. He picks a lowly family. He's born in a lowly place. His life is or lives a, a lowly life. Eventually, he dies a lowly death. But then what happens? He rises from the dead and all of the sins are taken away and death is defeated and hell is replaced by heaven for those that believe in him. That's God's plan of salvation, folks. That's God's plan of salvation for you. That's God's plan of salvation for me. And it all started where? In that lowly stable, in that little manger is where it all started. Right there in Bethlehem. Folks, that's the good part of Christmas. The part that lasts. That's the part that brings you peace. That brings you joy. This, this is why Christmas should be the most wonderful time for each and every one of us. And I just, just think for a minute. Think of all the creative ways that the story of Christmas is told. The story of Jesus and all the different ways that it's told. The most beautiful songs in the world are songs about Jesus. <laughs> They're sung by everyone at Christmas time. Little kids get so excited at Christmas and if they're part of a Christmas musical, oh, they sing with so much enthusiasm and they, they have their whole heart into them because they're so excited. And they just can't help but show how excited they are. Isn't that the best part of Christmas? You know, the, the, there, there are other things to enjoy as well. Yeah, we enjoy family get-together and, and, and all that goes with them, and, and it's fine and good. The gift of peace, though, that, that gift was part of the original Christmas announcement made by the angels. I want to show you something. You're still in Luke. Flip back to the second chapter. Go back to the second chapter of Luke. 
We all should know that in the second chapter of Luke, it's where we find the Christmas story. I want you to look in verses 13 and 14. Luke 2, 13 and 14. Y'all got it? Amen? What did I tell 13? Did I tell y'all that? And suddenly, chapter 2, Luke 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth what? Peace, goodwill toward men. Now, whether it be printed on a Christmas card or on a sign outside of a church or or this is this this proclamation of peace on earth, goodwill toward men, that often comes to the forefront of Christmas, especially this time of year, because those few short words sum up for 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 many the warm feeling that comes when we start thinking about Christmas, that, that gives us hope, that gives us a spirit of generosity, that gives us that, that kindly disposition toward others. And some of them are a little harder to be kind to than, than what we realize. But if we lift our heads above Christmas and, and all the decorations and all that's, that, that's wrapped up in it, and we take a long, hard look around us. Those frequently used words of comfort and cheer seem somewhat hollow. Why? Because for many of us, Christmas time isn't exactly peaceful. It's the exact opposite. It's stressful. It's busy. It's hectic. It's demanding. Oh my, we've got all these gifts to buy. We've got all this family coming. We've got parties to attend, prepare for. And let's not forget church. And let's all remember how stressful it was trying to get kids ready on Christmas morning. Amen. And then there's the world at large. There's so much war and that unrest. You know, we got this war going on in Israel, between Israel and Hamas, and other countries thinking they need to get in the big middle of it. And the world, it seems like it's, it's full of war and it's full of worry, and peace can be hard to find. But have you ever thought into that exact World is where Jesus came. Jesus was born into that world. You know, how many of us can sing the song Silent Night and not even have to have a book to look at? And when we sing that song, it kind of brings a certain amount of, of, of peace and, and, and calm to our mind. And it's that worshipful three-minute respite in the midst of our hectic holiday preparations. But have you ever thought that that original silent night was not actually 
very silent. The world wasn't at peace, folks. Do you remember that the world was divided between God and people? There was conflict among family and nations. There was political unrest. There was Roman oppression going on in Israel at this time. There was this demanding physical travel on David and Mary because they had to leave where they were and, and go to Bethlehem because of the Roman politicians. And, and there was turmoil in the hearts of many. But in the midst of all of that, Jesus was born. And he came to give us the gift of peace. You know, centuries before Jesus was born, and this is something that blows my mind. When people say there's not a God. I want to show you something. I want y'all to turn to the book of Isaiah. Because centuries before Jesus was born, his birth was foreseen by the prophet Isaiah. And this, this, is, this is a scripture that in, in the Bible that's often read at Christmas time in, in churches. Go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, and I want you to look in verse 6. You ought to know what this says before you even get there. Y'all got it? Amen. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. How did Isaiah know that? How did Isaiah, centuries before Jesus was born, how did he know that? You're going to tell me that the Bible is not God-inspired? How else could Isaiah have known and talk about someone that was going to be born years later? So what that tells us is this. Peace isn't a pill. It isn't a program. It isn't a philosophy. Peace is a person, and that person is who? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Only the Prince of Peace can give the gift of peace. Jesus said it this way. I want you to flip to the Gospel of John now, the 14th chapter. John, the 14th chapter. I want you to look in verse 27. John 14, 27. Y'all got it? What does it say? Peace, I live with you. I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, 
neither let it be afraid. So what kind of peace does Jesus give and what makes it so excellent? When you know Jesus, you can experience eternal peace because of what he started in that manger all those years ago. And he finished on that cross. Flip to the book of Acts. Right past John. Turn to the book of Acts, the 10th chapter. And I want you to look in verse 36. Y'all got it? Amen? Acts 10, verse 36. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, literally the sons of Israel, preaching what? Peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. So, what we're looking at here, the most important type of peace, and I'm going to show you three types of peace real quick. And we're going to wrap this up. But the most important type of peace that we can have is eternal peace, and that is peace with God. When we know Jesus Christ, we can experience eternal peace because of what he has done. Now, that is our first and foremost greatest need is to be at peace with God. Why? Because our sin separates us from God. When we sin, we are out of fellowship with God. That's when we have to stop, realize we've made a mistake, and say, God, I'm sorry I've sinned against you. Forgive me. I'll try harder next time. Help me not do this anymore. You see, sin entered the world way back yonder in the Garden of Eden. And humans have been at odds with God ever since. Understand this, folks. Our sin and His holiness are not compatible. Not in any shape, form, or fashion. They are not in peace. As a matter of fact, they're at conflict with each other. So this is the reason God sent Jesus that first Christmas. Sin had to be dealt with. So when we believe in Jesus... When we accept him as our Lord, we're at peace with God. That's eternal peace with the creator. And that's the greatest gift you can receive this holiday season. Amen. By far. And it's available to everyone. It's available to us all. But it's up to us to receive and unwrap that precious gift. But then besides eternal peace, Christ brings emotional peace. Emotional peace means peace within, which is something I think that we're all hunting for in our lives. One lady told her friend, she said, my therapist told me the way to achieve inner peace. And she said, the way you achieve inner peace is to finish what you started. So I've eaten two bags of chip and one chocolate cake today, and I feel so much better. 
<laughs> I had to put that in there. Y'all was getting a little tense on me. But what I want you to see about emotional peace is this. God knows the unrest we go through. God knows the, the unrest we feel. Why? Because He made us. He knows us. He knows us inside and out. He knows our deepest thoughts. He knows our hurts, our joys, our desires. He knows us better than we know ourselves. So He knows the peace that you need within. And, and He knows this broken world that we're living in surrounding us and all the unrest that's clamoring around us and against us. I go back to what Paul said when I started this sermon. Paul said that peace surpasses all understanding. That is a beautiful promise, folks. Here again, that's in Philippians 4, 7. And that's a, a powerful peace that we can experience. Peace that transcends all understanding. It defies our world. And the circumstances that we are in, in this world. It calms us down when everything that is going on around us is not conducive to peace. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you is this. It, it calms us when everything else shows itself in the circumstances that we're going through. When, when peace just doesn't seem to make sense whatsoever. Maybe there's been a tragedy in your life. Maybe there's illness in your life. Maybe there's heartache. Maybe there's pain. Maybe there's conflict. But I want to tell you this. No matter what situation is going on in your life, how bad that circumstance may be, God is there with you offering you the gift of peace and that is strong, stronger than whatever difficulty you're going through. Oh, y'all just missed a chance to say amen. Amen. Just because we moved in the back today because it's cold out there don't mean y'all can't say amen. amen. Especially when the preacher says something good and that was good. Amen, amen. amen Paul. I finally got Paul almost on the front row. <laughs> Probably be the last time he gets that close. <laughs> So what's causing your anxiety this Christmas? Have you taken it to the Lord in prayer? Whatever situation, whatever stress, whatever circumstance, give it to Jesus. Draw near to Him. Experience His peace. So we've talked about eternal peace. We've talked about emotional peace. Let's talk about one more. Let's talk about external peace. Because external peace means peace with others. Here's the tough one. 
You know, it's one thing to experience peace with God. It's another thing to experience peace within our hearts. But it's a whole other thing to experience peace with other people, isn't it? Especially people that we know that are hard to love. Amen. That just seem like they've got to make life difficult for as many people as they possibly can. So we sing Christmas carols, and it seems to calm people down. It seems to calm the spirit down. But of course, we know that not every problem can be resolved by singing Christmas carols. Wouldn't it be nice if it was that simple, huh? That would be great. But what about the situations we can't change? What about that relationship that's broken? What about that chaos we can't calm? What about the hurt we can't heal? What about the violence that we just can't understand? What do we do with the need for peace in our world. This again is where we need to recognize the two natures of the Advent season. Because the first Advent season was when the Savior came. The second Advent season will be when Jesus returns Again, how many of y'all realize that those angels that we talked about there in that second chapter of Luke that announced his birth, how many of y'all realize that that was the same angels that was around when Jesus ascended into heaven and they said, he will be back. You remember his disciples. Jesus would told them he was going away. And remember he would leave and be gone and then he would come back. And he would leave and be gone and he would come back. But finally he told them, this is it. I'm leaving. And you remember what they were doing? sitting there, watched him disappear, and then they just sat there gawking. Angel said, what are you doing? He coming back. It's time to get busy. But he will come back. And there is peace in that fact that he's coming back. There will be complete peace when Jesus comes back. So in the time between where we are right now, we trust in Jesus' promises that he has indeed overcome the world. So this Christmas, I want you to take time and realize that Jesus came for each one of you. Just like he came into that home with Martha and Mary that we read about. 
And then you can put aside those other things. You ain't never going to get everything done. Dennis, you're going to be just like me. You're going to be running alongside that hearse, banging on the window, saying, wait a minute, I'm not done. I got just a couple more things to do. But that's okay. Why? Jesus is here. And you can go and sit at his feet and you can have that good part just like Mary had. You can have that good part, that peace on earth. Listen to his word. Ponder his love for you. And then you will finally be able to have that heavenly peace. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace. Certainly, Father, we thank you for the blessings that you give us. We praise you and thank you for the rain that you blessed us with. Father, we just ask that you continue to give us rain in a timely fashion that only you can provide. Father, I thank you for this time we've had together today. I thank you for this church, this church family. I ask your blessing upon each one. Certainly, we lift up each one that's not with us today, Father. We just ask that they're safe, they're okay. There's just other things that's taking up their time. Father, we lift up all of our folks that we have on our prayer request. We just ask that, we, we, that, that your spirit move in a special way, that the needs that are there would be met, Father, and we just ask your healing hand to touch each one of these folks. Father, I ask that you forgive us where we fail you, that you continue to protect us in this very challenging world that we live in, Father, and that we can go out and be that very bright light in a very dark world. Father, we just thank you for loving us. We thank you for your son, certainly your son that came for each one of us, Father. And just help us to remember that in this season that we're in. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.